Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. This is episode 30. We're going to call this eruption with an exclamation point, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, what an accomplishment. 30 episodes of this podcast means 15 full hours of content. Uh, wow. So impressive, huh? Uh, I don't have enough comedy for a serviceable hour of stand-up after 20 years, but somehow I have 15 hours now online of a podcast. Uh, stuff that I'll eventually probably have to apologize for and explain myself over and over again. We'll see. Uh, so thank you. Hope you had a good weekend. We are in the midst of the Columbus Day weekend, 2020. Um, and I do this podcast every week. Um, 30 episodes, 30 minutes. It's like a 30 for 30 right now. Uh, it's 30 minutes a week, but I never know if I have enough to address every week. And then I remember um, from the movie Adaptation, where the student, played by Nicolas Cage, asks the screenwriting professor, what if I don't have anything to write about? And the professor is just, uh, he's over it, and he yells at him, and he's like, what the hell are you even doing here then? How could you not have something to write about? Uh, like, if you have nothing to write about, th then you're not alive type thing, you know? What the hell are you doing here? He doesn't even give him the, the satisfaction of a dignified response, because if you've got nothing to write about or talk about, then you're deed. Uh, what kind of an organism doesn't have anything to talk about? Are you not alive? Am I not capable of thought? Um, anyway, so yeah, this podcast is always a little uh, rough, not in language or content or anything like that, but uh, just slipshod, how it's put together, and uh, a little rough meaning bland, bare, let's say bare bones, not always flushed out, but I like to keep it as such. I don't want it overly manicured. Uh, I want to be able to make mistakes, especially in this current climate where we have uh, witch trials for people if they write or type or say the wrong thing, despite an otherwise clean record. Let people make mistakes. Let people then apologize. Let people move on uh, and learn, right? Good God. But we've taken that away where it's like, oh, no, you're incapable of learning at this point. Um and no matter how old you are, you're, you're capable of learning something and improving, right? Right? That's what we're doing here. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Okay. Uh, so much went on this past week and weekend. Lakers won it all last night. Six games against the Heat. A little anticlimactic, a little weird. I don't know. I'm sure the league was happy to wrap it up. And the players, long season, almost a year long. Um, as a matter of fact, I tweeted this morning and, and Facebooked and Instagrammed. I G'd. Congrats to the Raptors of Toronto for being the reigning champions longer than any other NBA team in history, which I think I've tweeted before. But, uh, but you know, this is the longest season in NBA history. It's 11 months. But, you know, I, I say it's anticlimactic because it's different. It's in the bubble, and it was in Orlando. But still, it's, nonetheless, it's a title. It's a championship. And uh, it was exciting and hard. I really got to hand it to LeBron. He's winning his fourth title, third different team, okay, fifth different coach to the finals, and and um, they did it without a third score. Like, he and Anthony Davis all season were the guys, but there wasn't really a third score, which is rare. But that's how good LeBron is, that he compensates for that. Um, so just another accolade for that dude. Uh, very impressive. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily love all the social media, all the – uh, coverage him and Anthony Davis playing with each other in the corner there right before the finish of the game was like a little weird, but uh, whatever. It's just we're so over documented in this generation that I'll take it. 
Um, yeah, so they, they had a long hiatus the NBA season, and then once back, and then you're in lockdown in Orlando. So there's a lot of variables in a way uh, harder to do it this way. But you're in the same location, which you think might help an older team. But uh, anyway, the Heat are on their way up, man. Hell of a fight Miami Heat put up. Didn't think they'd push it to six games. Didn't think Jimmy Butler was that tough. But he's got he's got intestinal fortitude, man. They'll be back next year strong, young. Expectations will be through the roof on them. Uh, they won't be able to sneak up on people. Uh, so that will be the true test. Another amazing thing about LeBron is that he does this all while living in the spotlight. Every day, every hour, it's always on him. Um, now has four titles, hopefully can have some peace of mind and just play for the rest of his career. Now he's set four titles, three different teams. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't even need to win another title. Probably will one or two more. Um, Lakers do need to make some changes. Felt like he and AD had to work way too hard. And some of those guys are just gone. They're not stepping up. And I don't know. There's a couple guys and you know, it's like, okay, celebrate. You got the ring. That's great. You're probably gone next year. And uh, that's a first year coach doing that. So my compliments to all them. Uh, but what a week of sports, you know, we have football the next two nights, baseball semifinals resume this week, uh, four teams left Braves, Dodgers, Astros, Rays, all Southern teams, LA, Houston, Atlanta, Tampa, all warm weather cities, uh, should be good. Should be good. I don't hate any of those teams. As a matter of fact, I think this is the first decade in the history of baseball where the Yankees failed to appear in a world series. So kind of crazy. However you feel about that. I don't mind it at all. Um, the Rays were able to oust them in five and, uh, they'll be back too, man. Yankees will be back and they'll probably win two or three with this current group. They have a different cast, a new cast of murderers row, those hitters. Uh, I think it's pitching that's killing them right now. Um, where are we here? Okay. We lost Eddie Van Halen this week. Jesus, big loss, man. Big loss. Um, just brutal. He's in his sixties. He's a lifelong smoker. A guitar god. I remember as a kid when he married Valerie Bertinelli. I was like, wow, he is even greater now. He's just a, she was such a hot young TV face in the mid '80s. Cute smile, everything about her just had the vibe. Had the hair perfectly. Is it coiffed or hair dried? Let's say. Um, and his guitar riffs were enough to marry this girl from one day at a time. This is it, uh, or is it if this is it? which took place in Indianapolis. Though Those were the days when the networks were just looking at cities and going, okay, we don't have anything in Akron yet. Boom, family ties. What about Cincy? Boom, WKRP. Minneapolis, Mary Tyler Moore. Boom, 70s and 80s, right? They just, they'd find a market and they're like, let's get a little, you know, plug and chug. Let's get a new show, slightly different format, but pretty similar structure in a new city and let's capture that market. Let's stick to the algorithm, similar today with social media and uh, whatnot. Chicago uh, was the city in good times. Barney Miller, Welcome Back Cotter, the Jeffersons, different strokes, all in New York. Sanford Sun, what's happening now, or what's happening, we're in L.A., which I always thought was in Oakland for some reason, but it turns out what's happening was in L.A. Um, Was it San Diego? Simon and Simon? I don't know. Three's Company, L.A., Right. Somebody said to me, who was it? Eric Marino? Years ago, we had a discussion and it's like, oh no, he's like, Three's Company was in San Diego. I'm like, no chance, dude. They go to like Laker games. The whole thing's in Santa Monica Beach, the Regal Beagle. That's come on. Um, but uh, yeah, so Eddie Van Halen, man. Uh, LA is where Van Halen start Pasadena. The 70s, their sound was just amazing. I don't know that Eddie 
and David Lee Roth ever got along, but they were amazing together. You know, you can hear David Lee Roth in interviews with Rogan and Marin, and he's pretty damn smart. He's a handful, but he's pretty on top of it. Was an EMT, lived in Japan for a long time, speaks better Japanese than me, I'm pretty sure, which isn't saying a whole lot, but you wouldn't expect that out of an 80s rock star. You know, it was, uh, 70s and 80s. And then he was going to replace Stern on 97.1 KLSX when Stern went to Sirius Radio, but um, that didn't last too long. Um, I got to tell you, man, growing up in Orange County, like Van Halen was huge, and um, I was friends with the Bodell brothers, right? Uh, They're a good-looking family, Laguna Niguel, closer to the beach. I was a Mission Viejo kid. That's more inland. That's uh, east of the five. Uh, Laguna Niguel is west near the water, west of the 405. They were uh, blonde hair, quintessential Southern Cal kids, you know, more coastal. Hair was blonder, more surfer than skateboarder. Bikes and skateboards were more for the inlanders than the Laguna Beach goers, you know, Uh, even though everyone did all of it, right? We all did those things. I was usually more organized sports, but definitely had a bike, of course. Little skateboarding, no surfing, though. But uh, the Bodell brothers lived in Laguna Niguel, good-looking kids, blonde hair, and had an older sister, Tanya, as well. And Chris is my age. Todd, his older brother, is three years older than us and is an exact replica of Johnny from Karate Kid, right? And all the bad villain characters he played in the 80s movies. He is William Zabka uh, with the personality of Spicoli from Fast Times. Remember Spicoli? Okay, played by Sean Penn. Except Todd's more intellectual than Spicoli. He's not like drugged up or wastoid or anything, but still has that kind of surfer vibe, surfer mentality, surfer accent in his talk. Uh, Todd could obviously drive because we were, what, eighth grade, freshman. So we're 14, 15, um, 13 even. And Todd drove and I couldn't. And we all went to Catholic school, so we live far away from each other. We're in private schools. You know, you live further away. You're not going to the same public school where everyone can walk, which is just a dream. Uh, one day, Chris, the younger brother, my friend, somehow convinces Todd to come pick me up in Mission Viejo from Laguna Niguel so Chris and I can hang out, right? Um, you know, and the, the family, the Bodell family had this cool little white convertible sports car. It's an MG. It's called an MG. The license plate frame was over 40, but still sporty, which 40 then sounded old than it does now thank you it was white and it was fun as hell it was and todd wanted us to buy him food in exchange for picking me up he was leaving beachside laguna niguel on a weekend to come inland to mission viejo for nothing in his mind right which is not that big of a drive then it seemed like a big deal to them usually to the inlanders were like no it's not that far because the object is to get to the coast, which is not really what the object was years ago. People didn't necessarily want coastal property back in the uh, early part of the 20th century, I think. I think I think the beach was kind of a newer thing once air conditioning hit, and people were like, oh, you can live on the cliffs? Uh, anyway, we promised to buy... I'm not on Coke. I'm just doing this podcast. So we promised to... Or coffee. So we promised to buy Todd some strawberries, of all things, from Farmer's Market, which is down the street on Lake Mission Viejo, and so he and Chris come pick me up and he's like, yeah, you guys are going to buy me some strawberries, which is the weirdest request. Like, like how about just, we'll give you money, you know, or I don't know, a, a meal. You want a hamburger or like want to get pizza or something? 
And he's like, we'll get some strawberries, bro. So this is about 1986. We head down Vista Del Lago in Mission Viejo to the market to get strawberries for Todd. And uh, we were up on, was it Canaveras? No, we've lived on so many streets, I don't even know. Uh, Anyway, where the hell I am. But it's the weirdest request of all time. We're cruising on Vista Del Lago, nice hill toward Lake Mission Viejo. Um, Whatever small you know it's a it's it's a small price to pay we'll get them some strawberries small price to pay uh for youngsters to get some independence that's what it was you know you're 13 14 you want a little time away from your house you get uh, to be in a car with people driving who aren't your parents who aren't anybody's parents you have more of a connection with them in certain ways than you do the parents it's just the love of freedom right so they pick me up we're cruising down the hill todd's blurring van halen music eddie valen eddie van halen on guitar obviously uh and the the album i can't remember the album it's either van halen one or two or it's women and children first those are the first three albums i think and it's one of those albums i don't know which one i can't um and i'm loving it right i'm like oh and this is what i say out loud i say oh cool because this is 1986 right so this is like a year and a half after van van halen has switched singers from david lee roth to sammy hagar like a year and a half later right which when you're younger, a year and a half is the world. And I say, oh, cool. Old Van Halen. Oh, cool. Old Van Halen. Todd Waddell. This Orange County version of Spicoli, who plays guitar and piano quite well, pulls the car over to the side of the road, puts it in park, turns around to me in the sports car, and says, whoa, dude. Early Van Halen. Not old Van Halen early van halen or classic van halen never old van, there is no old van halen and it was like a moment of reverence like a lesson from a father uh just perfect southern california 1980s tribalism um and todd loved hagar too i think most people did i did you know most of us did it wasn't that much of a shift it was hard good music but it was just that late 70s, early 80s feel, like crazy David Lee Roth. Um, you know, it was so quintessential in the origins of Van Halen that uh, that to call it old was, was an insult. Um, anyway, funny moment in time. But it is nuts that David Lee Roth left a year after the 1984 album. That was off the charts, man. That was an amazing album. It was so good. And he was gone a year later, a year and a half later. And then a year after that, we'd be in a little MG talking about it anyway funny story we ended up getting like a tray of strawberries from the market uh very strange very very strange but uh that's todd uh but also quite satisfying very delicious you know you just throw the little green stems away on the side of the road um on, on rolling stones top 100 guitarists of all time and I think the first time I had read, because they have different different ones over the years, they've they've altered it because I've seen multiple. We're halfway through the podcast, so you're almost halfway. You're you're we're almost there, guys. Thanks for your time. Uh, I feel the need to re- tell my listeners that because I think I get into a funk, and if they're driving and they're getting lost in my oh, complete boredom, mind digression, I don't want them to draw, drive off the side of the road. Um. So Rolling Stone has multiple 100 guitarists of all time over the years. They've altered it several times. The most recent has Eddie high up there, as it should. But it's higher up now than he was back in the early 
2000s, okay? A list came out one summer right before my buddy Dave got married. My buddy Dave, who lives in Seattle, got married in the early 2000s. And Eddie Van Halen was behind Kurt Cobain. He was behind a lot of people that he shouldn't have been behind. But for some reason, Kurt Cobain stuck out. I was like, no way. No way. No disrespect to Kurt at all. Not at all. But no way. Okay. Kurt, is, Kurt had been dead for about nine or 10 years. He died in like 94. This uh, list came out in about 03, 04, something about that. So maybe the list was made when that death was still kind of fresh in the writer's memories. Not sure. But, but they've revamped since then the list. Eddie is way up there now, higher than he, he should have been. And not that it's about that anyway, but I just remember that sat in my gut forever. It's like, no way. This guy, and it's like, oh, no, the grunge, he changed grunge. Well, that's what Van Halen did with rock, hard rock. They were like hard rock mixed with rock and roll, and they were just ultimate men. You know, them and Ozzy and, and Black Sabbath in the 70s and and uh, Led, Led Zepps. But my buddy Josh Weiner, who's a great comedy writer out here in L.A., has a great joke about Kurt Cobain just dying at the right time. He died at a great point in his career. Had And the joke, that's the premise, and then the joke is, had Ralph Macchio died after Karate Kid, they would have named a university after him. <laughs> so that's really funny. That's a good joke that we revisit a lot. I'm supposed to have lunch with Josh, uh, hopefully today, this week sometime. But uh, it's good. The Karate Kid reference brought up again with the Ralph Macho joke. So uh, thank you, Josh, for that. Um, God, Karate Kid is resonating so much these days. Anyway, fellow comedian and friend Henry Phillips, great Van Halen fan. There's a clip of him on YouTube playing some music from the 80s. He's so good. He's playing Eruption, I think. Uh, my roommate Dave Burley as well, big fan of Van Halen, who's also a good piano player. Uh, I'm just listing friends' credits and their their side hobbies. Uh, Henry and I, and even Dave, we joked about um, this, how the World War II generation in the 80s, 70s and 80s, must have viewed Van Halen and like the Guns N' Roses of the world, the Black Sabbath, even beyond that, with like a Poison or Motley Crue and some of those bands, Cinderella, wearing makeup, growing their hair long, wearing tight pantalones, having orgies, multiple lovers. They like The World War II generation must have been out of their freaking minds, man. They come, you know, they're in a relationship they're they're um locked in you know mon monogamy marriage and and raising kids and white picket fence but they earned that it's not like the current generation that has the white picket fence it's these people that went off fought lost uh brothers in, in the war and then had to come back or they worked in factories and whatnot and then uh you know they have jobs and they're doing what they think is the right thing with the marriage and the kids and whether they like it or not. And then to see these people living these rock star lives must've been like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Anyway. Um, you know, they, I mean, they probably had that in their generation growing up, you know, in the forties and the fifties, Elvis and stuff. So it's not like all that happened overnight. Right. Or maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe they were too busy just being happy and they were alive. I just think of my world war two, uh, grandpa, and grandma, you know, he came from Ireland, was in possibly two different wars with the Irish Civil War and then World War II. But uh, I think he might have been too young for the Irish Civil War, but he was definitely on the run. Um, but uh, you think about him and then later in life, what he's watching, MTV, he's like, what is this? And just watching what that was. I don't know. Does this podcast ever have a point? Like, what am I doing? 
I'm just talking to a microphone in my in my bunker here. All right, we got ten minutes left. We're two thirds of the way there. Uh, VP debate this past week, boy. I mean, just leadership all over the place. Just a feel good moment. Um, who knows what's accomplished from that? Pen. The only thing I got out of it is that Pence is obviously from Kenya. Um, I was talking to my friends Todd Spence and Zania from Jimmy Kimmel Show. We worked together there, and we were talking about Trump a little bit, and you know this whole election thing. And we'll make this quick because. I don't like to dwell too much. We're just inundated, but you try to navigate a little bit. And people at their core, right, are based in survival mode, naturally, right? Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, learned about all that in psychology in college. The four main things, as I see it, in a human, those core things, right, are like greed, and it comes up some of its natural survival, but some of its ugliness, right? Some of its ugliness. And the ugliness is like greed, selfishness, fear, laziness. Those are the two. Greed, selfishness, fear, laziness. Uh, and some of those overlap a little bit, I think. The, the, the greed, where you want a little more. When we move from necessity to greed as a species, as a society, as a community, when you move some, from necessity, necessity to greed, that's the core of, of so much uh, of the world's problems we should have more we'll drive them off this land we'll have more and it's like do you need more no but i want more but they don't have as much well fuck them you know that's really it right that's the attitude um and we'll squeeze more resources and we'll sell it back to them and you know there's the core of a lot of trump and filth politicians operate from that base up from that base which is most politicians you know but Trump, I mean, really does it to a max. How much politicians want to stay in that base of of feeding off of greed, selfishness, fear, and laziness? That's all relative to how little creativity, courage they have, and decency, right? If they have no virtues, then they stay in that base completely. And it's just constant, here, let's hit them with greed, selfishness, fear, laziness. Let's hit them. They're too lazy to, to act or march or... or or protest if we do this to them let's do it to them uh and then with fear you know we'll just make it we'll call it uh we'll blame the mexicans or you know islamic fundamentalism stuff like that um but uh that's it like trump like cheney you know they hold that line terrorism fear america's safe i'm sure obama did a little bit right he plays with it a little bit more you know him and reagan and and clinton juggled it a little bit better but, uh, you know, the whole concept, keep Americans safe, even if they're doing unsafe things, even if we're doing unsafe things overseas, which we are, um, and which our troops are sent to do. And I'm not talking about the military. I'm talking about business and policymakers and people making money off that and turning it into something else. And you say, oh, support the troops while we, while we make them do terrible things. And we give them limited information and then little money and resources for recovery when they come home messed up from what they had to do. And then you throw a label on it that it's a group or country against democracy and we get to do whatever we want. Okay. Um, where did that even come from? The VP debate? Nah. Okay. Voting no on Prop 22 and the Uber thing. I drive Uber. It's been a while, but I've, I've driven it over the years on and off. I'm voting no on the 22 thing. It's something Uber's trying to get past, which I don't really know and I don't like. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to do here? Make more money off the... I don't know. I don't like it. It's funky. And they've got all these stipulations and 
tricks and it needs to be explained and re-explained. But I'm voting no on 22. All right, who cares? Okay, we done? Um, almost. I'm going to talk about the homeless situation in L.A. for a second. All right, do we have time to talk about this? Or do I have to put that for a later um, thing? Let me Let me bump that maybe to next week. Let me talk about this really quick. Um, yeah, we got 24. Okay. Let me talk about this really quick. This is a feel good Dow. Well, it's terrible, but it's, uh, it's both. It's everything. All things are everything. Um, okay. There's a man, uh, he's a football coach in orange County. I read about him years ago. His name is Jimmy Nolan. I read about this guy, Jimmy Nolan. Uh, I read an article on him years ago. When he got, he went into some poor under underdeveloped areas to coach football, gave kids structure, guidance, self-esteem, education, a future hope. I read an article. I don't know where it was. I, I don't even know if it was online. If it was in a, on a plane somewhere. This is years ago. Looked him up on Facebook just to see friend requested, uh, you know, he had an account, a friend requested, I had no idea who he was. I just like I, I want I want to be aware of this person. Um, he accepted. I don't even know how much. Probably doesn't spend much time on there. He's coach and got a family. Had no idea he went to Modern Day High School in Orange County when he was younger. I went to Santa Margarita, kind of rivals, kind of sister schools. It's whatever. Uh, we have a ton of mutual friends. Had no idea, right? I just read about this guy and uh, like California's a big place, right? Um. And I was just flattered by the story. And it was just like out of a movie, man. Like this guy's going into um, tougher areas and bringing kids something they don't have that that uh, their society doesn't have the structure. Their little community doesn't have the structure that, that maybe he was raised with or that I was raised with, that a lot of us are raised with. Um, so this guy was like instantly to me, I'm like, oh my God, he's one of the good ones. He's one of the really good ones. And uh, those are the people you got to hold up high and and kind of follow and stuff and uses uh role models and stuff so anyway his family recently befell a terrible accident um just a terrible accident i don't know all the details um and i just know that there's family members of his you know he's got a wife and children and they're hanging on for dear life and it's just terrible right but there has been an amazing outpouring of love for his family and he tries to uh, keep people informed as much as possible i see it um, he doesn't even know me, but he's got a family to think about. So it's not like he can take pictures and posts and keep people informed on all fronts, even though he is kind of doing that. Um, but he's running around. I think his family is in hospital or in care in different places. He's doing what he can. Uh, so just just keep that guy's family in mind, you know. And there is a GoFundMe out there for him. i got to pull it up right now because I, I donated to it. I don't have a lot of money, of course, but I donated to it. Uh, it's a good cause help uh, keeps that family on top of bills and such while they try to recover. And again, I've never met this guy. I just read about him. And the people I know who know him are gold. Uh, Tina Olson, Hareen, uh, Amy Moeller, just superstar people, right? Friends of his. So that's a good dude. And we need he and his uh, family back into the swing of things. Um, so if you can contribute, I'm going to pull it up right now. It's uh, Jimmy Nolan, and it's there's a GoFundMe. And uh, I don't know what school he's coaching or what the situation is, but uh, it's the Nolan family, and it's uh, uh, the Nolan family is the project, and they're trying to reach a $500,000 goal. They're well past uh, 375, I think, at this point, maybe more. I haven't checked in a while. But Brittany Hinzo, H-I-N-Z-O, is organizing this, 
And it's just, uh, I think if you go to uh, the Go www.gofundme.com and search The Nolan Family, and it's a picture of his family in the bleachers, and um, just a beautiful young family. And uh, yeah, and then go to that and donate, if you can, you know, if you can. If not, keep it in mind and just know that uh, hopefully they come out of this and this guy's going to be a great uh, coach again. Hopefully he returns to the, uh, the field and everything. Um, okay. Wow. But uh, I definitely wanted to uh, say that. Okay, guys. So now um, we've come to the point in the uh, episode. God, can you believe how quick these are? <laughs> Where we're going to do Patrick Keene's tweets of the week. Patrick Keene's tweets of the week. On Monday, I tweeted, I wish I wanted to quit stand-up comedy because this is a great excuse. You know, the pandemic. It'll be a great time. I can just be like, oh, sorry, I was I was on my way, but you know, ah, oh, what a great out, what a great exit. On Tuesday, I tweeted, COVID's gotten so big, you can see it all the way from Space Force. Get it, Space Force? Remember that when that was a thing? What, what's even happening with that, right? So you can because we always always just say, oh, the Chinese, the wall, Great Wall of China's gotten so big, you can see it all the way from space. Now you can say, uh, COVID's gotten so big, you can see it all the way because it's on the president's got it. So it's gotten so big, you can see it from that far. Uh, on Wednesday, I tweeted, Chris Christie would have been a great slaw and order president. Trump calls himself the law and order president. Uh, Chris Christie would be the great slaw, meaning he eats a lot. So that's a chubby joke. Yeah, I went for it. Easy. On Thursday, I tweeted, it's crazy that Columbus sailed through a three-day weekend. <laughs> Get it? Because it's Columbus Day today. He sailed through a three. Like, it wasn't a three-day weekend yet, you know. Um and then on Friday, i got to say, the weather it must have been... He picked the perfect time of year to kind of hit the Bahamas there, even though he was lost and a murderer. Uh, on Friday, I tweeted, um, need new headshots. Anyone know who Giselle uses? <laughs> as if we'd go to the same person, you know, as if we're in the same, like, in terms of our same target audience. Um, so, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Mercifully, that's it. So those are uh, Patrick Keene's guys. Patrick Keen's tweets of the week. Is that even a Twitter bird sound or is it like a pelican? Okay. Thanks for listening. Hope uh, the time you spend with this podcast is worthwhile. I hope you're making sense in your own way with existence on this planet. It's a weird thing and it doesn't get any weirder than the current time. So day to day, hour to hour, breathe, find routines, structure. You got to, man, or we're going to lose it. Uh, especially with this election coming up. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Boy, it'll get you through. <laughs> Boy, I promise it'll help. Jesus. Uh, usually Monday, sometimes it slips into Tuesday. Ideally, you want to keep it there early in the week. I like a Monday release. I actually would prefer a Monday morning release, but uh, eventually we'll get some ads going to help pay for this, and we'll upgrade the episodes with music, sound effects, guests, a studio and such, or not. I don't know. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. Have a great time. Have a great week. And, uh, yeah, just be yourselves, right? Don't wait for greatness to come to you. Go to it. Bye-bye. Thank you.